Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the last episode of Line Change for this week. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me, as always, are Tim Kalinowski and Nick Martin. And together, the three of us are going to break down all 13 NHL games coming your way on Thursday night. Uh, We are recording this on Wednesday afternoon. So uh, just a quick word for anybody who was part of the adventure on Tuesday night wild night of nhl betting um and can't believe the sharks didn't pull that one out uh but but you know why because remember we said when we concluded wait we all are like aligned on all these games this isn't going to work out and we were right there was some Uh, that was a tough one it'll be better it'll be better thursday it always is better always gets better yeah um it's always always works out like that um 13 games on the docket uh, so we'll start with our favorite underdogs for the night. Uh, and Nick, we can't quit them. We just can't. Yeah, my dog is trying to bark in the background right now, which is perfect. Um, perfect sign. So uh, I I think this is a perfect spot to get on the Sharks. I <laughs> Everything about it just sets up great. At There's plus 145s out there now. I'd go down to plus 130. They are playing a Montreal team with limited offensive upside and we know how these NHL games are. You get a team this down this bad, 12 straight games, humiliated in Toronto by a team with so much more offensive firepower um, who just finally paid off in one of these spots. I look at this. They're catching Montreal on night two of a traveling back-to-back, and it just seems like the scheduled win. You've lost 12 in a row. I don't really have to make the case much more than that. I really just think that San Jose can take advantage of this spot and play to their number. Um you know, like if you look under the hood at the underlying results of these teams, it's easy to make a case that San Jose is actually close enough that they're going to play to their price in this game. If you look at it that way, it's hard to say that when, uh, you know, they're getting humiliated the way they are. But I still think these teams aren't that far apart when you're thinking about percentages. And then the other thing is I love that we should just get a Blackwood start from the get-go. That was the other part of the problem is Kakadin was in there. So um i'd expect blackwood gets the start 
They get a favorable spot. They catch Montreal. I bet they make it scrappy. I bet they make it close and competitive. I don't think you want to lay this number with Montreal at all. Even if, you know, you look at 12 straight losses, it might seem reasonable. I think it's one of those ones where, you know, the people setting the numbers understand the way this game's actually going to go, what the analytics say. So it's ugly, but I actually think we're getting a really good price to try and target San Jose snapping their losing streak. And uh, yeah, I think it has to be done. Oh boy. Has to has to be done. <laughs> yeah, I think I would just say I think Nick, you you said it. Um the Sharks finally play a team sort of in their class. So um, you know, they have to win a game again. And, you know, it's a little easier to stomach when it's a team actually in their class and, and the traveling back to back is a good point. Should be, you know, we talk I love when we say scheduled loss for a team. Yeah, should should be. I do think that quote has been uh, pretty good on the pod this year. I could be wrong, but I think the scheduled loss spot and call has has worked out well. I think this is one of those. It just, I don't think Montreal will own the play like a minus one fifty five or greater favorite here. That's that's how you want to get a show started. Uh, <laughs> go right back to the team that we were all gung ho about on uh, Tuesday night as a uh, as as. A considerably bigger price, of course, but well, and you I, know, before we move on, you know, I hate these. I I don't. I shouldn't say hate, but I I rarely use them. I try to just evaluate every game on a one-off. And these trends, like the Leafs being playing down to competition, I finally bite on one of those after not really I know, understanding. I know. And like, I never like stuff like that because I was always kind of like, how are the Leafs doing this? Doesn't really make sense. Every time it feels like they get fifty shots and one goal. And then that's the one where they just completely fold them and everything goes in. So I'll throw that in there. Okay. Uh, Sharks for you. Uh, my favorite underdog on Thursday night. Uh, I like the St. Louis Blues. They are a home dog to the New York Rangers. I still think there's room to fade uh, the Rangers um, right now. I feel like not many people are talking about that the Rangers have kind of just been pedestrian for month and a half they they started what 17 four and one and i think it's since then they're you're talking about a team that's played close closer to 500 than anything uh over the last little while and they had such a big cushion that you expected uh just with the way the nhl goes uh the foot to come off the gas a bit and the team to uh you know just kind of go set into cruise control five four and one in their last 10 meanwhile the blues they've just been you know a little bit more punchy uh since the craig berube firing uh, generally, they are not good. St. Louis, I would say. They're definitely not in the same tier as the Rangers are. Uh, and the five-on-five five numbers for St. Louis, um, they've, they're they not great either. Like, But neither are the Rangers. So this isn't a game where you have to be too concerned that New York's just going to like own the puck and dominate and tilt the ice, and you're hoping we got to just out-goalie them and, 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 and get lucky. I think that this could end up being closer to 50-50 on, at 5-on-5, five five, and then who knows? You know, you, you would give the Rangers, of course, the edge and special teams and a goal, but um, then you're starting to get into a little bit of dangerous waters when you're, when you're betting a team at this kind of number. So I do like St. Louis. Uh, at the time of recording, the Blues are plus 140. I wouldn't be surprised if, if this number maybe ticks up a little bit on St. Louis. Just don't They don't seem to be too fancied. Not too many friends in the betting market, St. Louis, over the past couple seasons, but uh, I still like it at 140. Anything on, on Rangers and Blues, Nick? Yeah, I think that's a good take. The Rangers are doing, it feels like it's almost sliding under the radar how mid they've been at five on five. Like basically just the Panarin line looks good for what has been a pretty big stretch now. 
But I think it's getting swept under the rug a little bit because they do this every damn season where they just can hang around with their special teams and still be a good team despite all that. And then maybe it gets exposed a little more in the playoffs. But um, I think this is a good take. I think the avenues are there for the Blues. I like it. Um, and the Rangers, like, oh, their defensive play has been really hit or miss recently, if not yeah. a lot closer on the bad end of things. I was... I was, you know, I was like texting you some of the tweets I saw calling out Shesterkin on Monday when the Canucks just did exactly whatever they wanted, anything they wanted. It reminded me of that Leafs game where it's just like there's no pushback. Every chance was such a high quality look. None of the actual goals, if you focused on them, were Shesterkin's fault. So I do think there'll be some, you'd think there's some pushback on that front, but really their underlying numbers at 5 on 5 look mid. Uh, it's not surprising considering the forward group really doesn't look all that deep right now they're not really getting anything from the bottom six um if not just simply losing play so i think we'll see pushback here but i agree i think they the blues deserve to be a slightly less big dog or less less large of a dog here so yeah, i think blues are past for sure yeah i mean fade the rangers at your own risk um i think we've had a or i've definitely had a hard time picking out the spots where it is time to fade the Rangers. My problem here is I still think of the Blues as um, more like the teams in the bottom of the league than I do in the mid category. So that kind of uh, scares me a little bit. And I feel like the Rangers seem to take care of business. Against they do. Yeah, I was they, they sure do. They I sure feel do. like they've done this rhythm a lot this year lose to like Carolina convincingly and then play Chicago the next night and just slap them. I feel like they've had a lot of spots like this where they do bounce back after a, a big uh, loss. But with that said, they were, they were also just playing better earlier in the year. So I think that's kind of noteworthy too, that yep. it larger, larger picture, their play is just kind of dipped a little bit. They're eight, seven and one, the Rangers in their last 16 and even goal differential. Uh, and, you know, to your point, Nick, um, about how they kind of just take care of business. It does seem that way because in in during their um their first half of the first half they were they were just beating up on everybody. But since um over their last sixteen games they have losses to Ottawa, uh to your Caps as well. Um, which you know no offense there. Um, Montreal that was one of those ones though where you could just see they they played yep. it the Rangers yep. played it and then they game. and then and then to their credit like they 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 played. Two duds against Ottawa and Washington. Then they beat Los Angeles. Although that game was LA on the back on the second half of back to back, and then they lost to Mon uh, Toronto in their next game. So it's just it's been a lot more uneven. And I think what you kind of just alluded to is the just the the general consensus of this team is that they are oh they're fine. Like that this is kind of like what the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, the ethos uh, for the Lightning was for, for under Cooper when they were in their salad days. Like they they'll just take a couple weeks off and they'll bounce back. Uh, uh, they'll bounce right back. And for the, in the Rangers case, it's like, Oh, I'll take a game off, but don't bet against them in the next one. Uh, yeah. And I do, I do think oh, that's I just... starting to come on, you know, that yarn starting to come undone a bit. Yeah. And to tie that back into this game too. I mean, the ultimate point is that like, the Rangers are still minus minus one sixty six here. We're not trying to make a case that they should be like that. They're 50, 50 to win this game. Right. But I think it's just a little closer than that number suggests. I would say leave off why a lot of times we just say, Oh, they're fine. They're fine. Is, you know, the power play, right? It's like, yep. the, it's the great trump card when you're underperforming and what helps you, again, take care of these teams that are not in your class. And 
um, St. Louis on the other end, their bottom half, you know, middle to bottom half um, in terms of penalty kills. So like I can just see myself, I wouldn't bet the Rangers, but I can totally see myself betting the blues and the Rangers score three power play goals. And I'm like, Oh, well that's the difference. That's why they're a good team. <laughs> it's been that way for since the 0405 lockout basically. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be fair too, like kind of like you look at the logic on why the Rangers aren't that good at five on five. I don't think it's that surprising. The bottom two lines aren't very convincing at all right now. And then Kreider and Zabinajad are really fighting playing with Wheeler. Like we kind of thought this all year. I thought whatever line had Wheeler was going to struggle. I didn't think he'd settle on the top line. So like from a personnel perspective, I don't think it's like necessarily shocking that this team's not completely tilting the ice at five on five at all. Okay. Uh, so that's Sharks and Blues. Tim, your favorite underdog for Thursday night. Yeah, and there's disagreement here, and I'm not excited about it. Um, looks like you guys are going to be on the Tampa Bay Lightning here, but I'm on the Devils as an underdog at Tampa Bay. I think that, honestly, there's just a little too much, um, you know, Jack Hughes being out baked into this, but I still really like this Devils roster, and I still think that they're, they're D, you know, if I was presented with um, Tampa Bay's D or the Devils D, like, probably – Go with the Devils D. I mean, obviously, I'd like to have Victor Hedman, but Tampa is not too deep and on the back end and and really all over their roster. So I still think I just think that a, a really good team in the Devils is just I find value in, in an opportunity to bet what I think is a Stanley Cup type team at a plus number. And and also too, it's interesting to note Vasilevsky has um he's only sat twice since November 30th. I mean I know this guy doesn't get tired. I know that he wants to keep play, 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 but it's just kind of ridiculous for me. And it's, I mean, I, not that that's really baked into my handicap, but really is interesting to know how much they've, they've rode this guy. And I don't know, maybe I still have a sour taste in my mouth from um, them coming back against LA on Tuesday night. But I, I think the devils, even without Hughes are, are deeper than Tampa Bay. Yeah. My thoughts here were I just, they're getting so thin. Like I know Siegenthaler hasn't been as good this year, but I think, that starts to hurt a lot. I thought that um, the Hamilton absence could help be covered by uh, Nemec, but now you're talking about just getting down the well and extra minutes going to, you know, Miller and Ball and whoever. And I think it's just, and then the goaltending is so mid. I just thought that the Lightning deserved to be a bit more of a, a bigger favorite here. But um, yeah, we'll see. I, I honestly think you're kind of barking at the right tree in that in time, I think like Mike said yesterday, there's going to be time to buy in the Devils because what's left of the roster is probably a little better than people think. Like Siegenthaler had had a bit of a tough year, so his replacement value might not be that significant. And then Meyer had been horrific. So, you know, if maybe that's getting baked into numbers a little bit, um, could be a good time to buy in them maybe next week when we get into the Canadians and Blue Jackets. But Price might be too high, Nick, by then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So throw the devils on top of the underdog scrap heap with the blues and sharks. And we will move on to uh, the big board. Like I said, busy night, 13 games. Uh, and the headliner of this section, boy, oh boy, is this one beautiful. Sabres and Sens, Buffalo at home, minus 120. Ottawa traveling across the continent from lovely Calgary, Alberta uh, to Western New York. As a even money underdog, a total of six and a half. I think there were probably a lot of people when the schedules came out and uh, they're losers like me. So you look at the you know your team schedule um, and you kind of map out where the story is going to go from preseason 
or you get it in July and you're like, okay, this is going to be a big game. This is going to be a big game. There were probably a lot of people, not just in the Sabres and Senators camp, but also in the kind of bigger hockey media pond that had this game circled or like, this is going to be a good one. I wouldn't, I don't, I didn't see the TV listings, but I wouldn't have been surprised if this one ended up on like TNT or something as a, as a national broadcast was like, well, these two teams are going to be fighting it out maybe for first in the Atlantic or, or for a playoff spot because everybody's on, on board with both of them surging up the table here. And it's now turned into a, a game that both fan bases probably want to lose. Um, if, if you're if you're really thinking about it honestly Nick you saw these beautiful Ottawa Senators in action on uh, on thir- on Tuesday night and they they gave you your money's worth are you going back to them again against a I want I don't want to say a mirror image of them but it's pretty close yeah no I'm not that was one of the most pathetic games I've ever watched in my entire life it was just so sloppy it was so there's so many breakdowns that didn't even get capitalized on because just egregious plays from both sides like it would be like a comical error that shouldn't happen doesn't end up in the net though because someone tried the seventh pass or something like that and from a senator's perspective on a serious note i wonder it almost looks like maybe they are regressing from when we were trying to pump up the idea that they were better in their record i question if maybe martin doesn't really know what he's doing coaching at the nhl level anymore i know that sounds like a bit of a slight but the game has changed a lot um Stutzla looks entirely checked out. He was horrific last night. That was the worst I've ever seen him play in a while. And he's not getting good usage either. He's off the top power play. But it just feels like a team that has so many question marks and seems like the just things are out of sorts. They looked completely uncohesive and um, just didn't feel like they were breaking out as a unit well at all. It just looked like a team that's, you know, whatever. So, I mean, I feel like typically you do see teams bounce back from that, but I don't think we're getting the number here. And it seems like the senators are moving in reverse, if anything, when you really like look at it compared to the games where we were like, you know, like those games late in December, um, where it felt like they could have fared better. Those seem to be out the window a little bit. But like with that said, I'll throw in the caveat of uh, we thought the Sabres were horrible prior to that Kraken game, thought their two game win streak was just a complete luck box and the Kraken just smacked them. So, um, I don't know. I don't want to touch any of these, either of these teams. Perfect. Yeah. Is, is this for relegation? This matchup? Yeah. Is this, maybe that's why it should have been. The loser should be fined. Like the, like that's what it should, it should be. A, take another first round pick away from, from the senators or something. It's just, they pulled everyone. They pulled their, both of these teams. Cause I, I will say, I, I didn't like the Sabres coming into the season, but I love the senators. I thought the senators were a legitimate Atlantic division contender. If everything worked out and, I was definitely wrong, but uh, yeah, they these two teams are. I'm mad. I'm just mad at them both. Is more than it, uh, and much more mad at the Senators than I think the Sabers. Uh, in this one, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know that good to. I I give a lot of people out there credit, like for games like this one when it comes to betting, because if you can have a a good conviction, and I'm not just talking about folks who make models, because that's a different story then, but. For, for the kind of old school handicappers out there who are breaking this game down and 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 feel in their deep inside their you know betting soul that they have a good feel for sabers for senators at this price at this venue man love well, to shake your fair, hand the game on new year's eve i posted a bigger play on the sends versus the sabers at that time i thought i had that conviction it worked out it was 5-1 but 
they were catching the Sabres on a back-to-back. I had more faith that the Sens were still bought in. Josh Morris or Josh Norris might be out. It feels like they're trending away from good play rather than towards it. So I think all those things are just where now I'm like, uh, I, I can just pass on this one. On what is a great slate? This is a really yeah. good slate, I thought. And, and not to, uh, I mean, after all that talk, um, I, I am on the over here, um, over six and a half. <laughs> Can't <laughs> I mean, go wrong there, I don't think. Yeah, so it's funny. Surprisingly, um, if you look at, uh, the trends on the totals for these teams during the year so far, Ottawa is an over team. Buffalo is surprisingly an under team, which if you kind of dig into it and look at the schedule, just um, from a bird's eye view, I think a lot of the reason that uh, Buffalo can't get there is one, they're dealt a lot of sevens. And two, what seems to happen is when Buffalo uh, holds up their end of the deal and scores, for some reason, the opponent doesn't score. And then, Vice versa, when Buffalo is a complete sieve defensively, they don't hold up their end of the deal. So it's a lot of like four ones, five ones. Um, and I think these two teams have finally met their match in terms of <laughs> <laughs> incompetency and high variance. So uh, I will, I just do not envision a world where this is played in a phone booth. And uh, I like, well, I like the over here. Yeah. And the Senators, that's just. It's hard to see every game. I, I can see it with the Sabres because I think Granado really looked to shake up the way they defended and it just ended up entirely gutting the team offensively. It seems like their shot quality has just completely gone off a cliff. But recently, it's it bounced back a little bit offensively. It feels like some of their guys are finding it. So, And the Sens. I mean, if they play any anywhere remotely like they played in Calgary, this game could just get completely out of hand. So, yeah. Food for thought for a, a podcast at a much later date, but I cannot wait to see where these over-unders open in the summer for these oh. two teams. Kings and yeah, Panthers. I'm going to play both overs, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people, <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfect post-type year. Um, a little little similar to the Devils uh, a couple years ago when people were like, oh, this team's sneaky, and then they were terrible, and then uh, obviously last year had a party. Kings and Panthers. Potential Stanley Cup favorite, uh, excuse me, potential Stanley Cup preview. Uh, if you've been listening to this show, we like both of these teams quite a bit. The Kings are scuffling a bit. I think that makes them a little bit more appealing as a better, though, because uh, the secret was kind of out on them. Now, uh, folks are pretty pissed, including us, uh, with the way that they handed the Lightning the win on Tuesday night. The Kings are plus 115 in Florida. Panthers minus 135, riding quite high, and a total of six. Uh, Florida's coming home after a bonanza of a road trip. Matthew Kachuk is back. He scores a hat trick uh, in uh, St. Louis. Uh, Helped Florida to, to the win. Yeah, just beautiful stuff. Seeing the Blues fans giving him a, giving him an ovation and uh, it's just wonderful. Um, that said, it's got to be the Kings here. It seems like a pretty good buy low spot. I, I rate these teams pretty close to one another, uh, and getting the Kings as a as an underdog in this buy low situation buy low sell high spot uh it pleases me pleases me quite a bit all right nick what about you yeah i agree i thought we might see slightly better numbers love the spot i'd play the kings down to plus 115 here basically just on my i, I mean the, the panthers are playing so well that that's where i'm kind of like a little capped that i feel like we're kind of not getting a great number with how how strong the panthers play has been but i'm not overly worried about the kings i've made that known sounds like I didn't watch it as much, obviously, being at the Flames game, but it sounds like it was a bit of a letdown performance. They kind of are struggling to defend off the rush, looking at the numbers. But 
I think that'll stabilize. I don't know if it's been Grant Clark needing to get in there or um, what the issue is, like why why it's kind of dropped off so bad. But I feel like the guys they have on the roster, the defenders I still trust can play at a high level. Um, like looking at it, Doughty and Anderson were the ones who apparently were quite bad last night. But it's like that's going to happen over a long season. I don't question it. The personnel is not great. Uh, like we said, it'd be nice if Dubois wasn't horrific, but still think this is a really well-made roster and that they're better than this so i'm not like too worried about them they're on a complete cold spell shooting wise too which is typically one of the most obvious things to shoot to or look at when we get these teams that are uh starting to get undervalued and just like we said with the panthers they were in like the exact same slump like three weeks ago and then now yep. they're just killing it i don't think necessarily they've changed anything too much stylistically since that point so i think uh yeah Pretty good spot to get on the Kings and um, not really even as a slight Panthers just like it. And then the other thing too, scheduling spot could help negate home ice advantage a little bit um, if you're someone who kind of buys into that. And on top of that, the Kings obviously have really been every bit as good on the road, if not better. So um, those are probably factors that help make the case for plus 115 as well. Yeah, I think this is why you why you bet right here, right? It's like to for spots like this, hey, team that's, you know, on a losing streak, team that's on a winning streak, you go the other way, right? But always works out. Always works out. Yeah, right. We just yeah. saw it with Sharks and Leafs, man. Sharks skate out of that building with the two points. I, I think you should uh, cut out the Sharks out of that trend <laughs> that we would call them a statistical anomaly um, <laughs> being a, a coast team. But um, so – I would be all over the Kings here if it wasn't just the sour taste I have in my mouth for Tuesday night. It was just so disappointing. I mean, and I'm being transparent. I know as, as betters, we're not supposed to be that way. Every game's a vacuum, but God. Well, it, it sounds kind of like they didn't play great too, though. So that is kind of, you know, it's adding one more game where you're like starting to wonder if you're downgrading them a little bit, but. But blowing a lead sucks. You know, blowing a two nothing lead, yeah. is, and they're is, they're supposed to be the team that does that like suffocates well, you in that in that situation, sucks. right? Correct. That that's what really sucks. Yep. And I, I would point out too that LA's um, little losing streak here, three of those losses have come via shootout slash overtime. So I mean, maybe take that with what you will. So yeah, I, I guess basically at the time of recording this, I've not bet LA yet because I just can't open an app and press LA Kings after what happened on Tuesday, but I think I'll eventually get there. Time heals everything. Look at that. Uh, a sports better. Admitting to human emotions. <laughs> Can't believe it. Never thought I'd see the day. Before history is written, Bobby Orr, behind the net, the Sanderson, oh! it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Speaking of human emotions, the Vancouver Canucks uh, ate my soul on uh, Tuesday night at UBS Arena. Luckily, I wasn't there. Canucks were just relentless against the Islanders uh, and now travel to Pittsburgh as an even money underdog. Penguins minus 120, a total of six and a half. I think the Vancouver, everybody sees coming. We know that they're on a roll. We know they're playing well. The underlying metrics are getting better. They're starting to match up with the eye test and the record. Goaltending's terrific. Uh, the work ethic is, is you tick that box too. Um, the defensive coverage is good. The breakouts are are quite good. This this team is firing on all cylinders, and everybody knows it. When it comes to the Penguins, I don't know if everybody quite realizes how good they've been playing lately. Uh, they're just they're trending up well. I think Pittsburgh does this throughout a season. Uh, they, they've shown that under Mike Sullivan that they'll just go a month without losing, uh, and then spend a month uh, the next month like trying to find that team. Um, I don't know what to bet in this game. Honestly, this it, it in in a weird way the Senators it's the same price as Sens and Sabers, um, and it's but it's the exact opposite betting conundrum, which is you have one team that is well established playing really well and another team that's surging, uh, that surging teams at home and I just don't know if it, they're they're getting power rated quite correctly here, but at the same time the Canucks just keep proving me wrong, so I'm 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 not happy to bet this one, uh, and that means I'll sit on the sidelines for it. And root for the Canucks. Um, Nick, what do you got? Yeah, I had nothing here. I think you summarized it ultimately pretty well. Um, the number one point that I think would surprise um, just a lot of more casual betters is just the way that the Penguins are going are being power rated in this game. I think this is one of those ones. A ton of people are going to be on the Canucks um, and not quite seeing this number and thinking that it's just completely unfair. I'm not necessarily trying to entirely steer you off there. I'm just trying, like, I think you kind of pointed out well that the Canucks are probably playing a lot better than, uh, or the Penguins are probably playing a lot better than people are realizing recently that, I mean, their underlying results are great. They were kind of good all year too. And every time I've said this, they followed up by getting crumpled by some team. So um, yeah, I, I think that's just the way to look at this is that depends. I don't know if I'd say they've earned being minus 120, but it's probably not like the smash spot that I think a lot of people will view it as with the Canucks looking at their record right now. Yeah, and that's why I'm I'm on Pittsburgh here. Um leave off you you it, it was buried somewhere in there in your analysis of like I don't think a lot of people are realizing that Pittsburgh is is playing really well. And I I this is 3 and 4 for uh Vancouver here too. So and it's a it's a long road trip for them and the right smack in the middle of it. And this is a a Pittsburgh team that I just think um has what it takes to push Vancouver to the brink and, and really make it make it a hockey game. The um the underlying numbers I, I keep continue to get surprised and maybe it's because I, I don't really understand how underlying numbers work because uh it's a lot of numbers and percentages, but I continue to continue to see Pittsburgh lumped in a group with teams I deem to be some of the top teams in the league and kind of surprises me, but um, you know, and maybe that's why um, not a lot of people are talking about uh, Pittsburgh the way they should, but they, they really are um, 
you know, a lot of the advanced numbers do like do like Pittsburgh. So I'm going to take a shot here on Pittsburgh. It's not like you said, Nick, smash spot, but um, I, I think it's kind of a tough spot for Vancouver here to be to be up for every single game. Yeah, and you look at the Pens. So yes, they are in, over the whole season in all situations expected goals. They're fourth, um, which is probably higher than I think most people would expect them to be. I'd wonder if some of the private models uh, shows that maybe their defensive plays a little less dominant than that. But at the same time, they have a plus 15 goal differential. They've been pretty legitimately good early on. They were, they lost so many games because of how ridiculously bad this, like they were losing one goal games when their power play was going over five and giving up two short and goals. So like now that they've cleaned that up, I don't think it's like that surprising to see that they've stabilized. I think if they keep getting uh goaltending, you look at it, they're really not giving up many goals and, they're kind of running on the low end of things offensively. We were talking about that a lot earlier in the year. So yeah, I can definitely see the case for the pens. We talked about it yesterday, how they're 40 to one to win the cup and how I thought that like, we thought that wasn't the worst long shot. Um, just on the strength of like, if you believe in that data, they're outplaying teams pretty significantly. They're right closer than like, I think they're clearly a better team than anyone else in that pack. Right. Right around the 40 to one area. So I see it. And I think it could be a couple of weeks of good play until that number is just tanked and they're right in like the 18 to one range. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the lightning at, at the book I'm looking at right now is our 25 to one to win the cup. So yeah. And there's just as many roster flaws on each team. Yep. Like if you look at it, I don't think there's a clear argument why one team's necessarily much better than the other at all. The power play, the power play. Yeah. Yeah. Cooch. <laughs> uh, Ducks and Canes next. This one in Carolina, in Raleigh. Uh, the Ducks traveling plus 270. Carolina minus 340. The total is six. Uh, we were right about one thing on Tuesday night. That was that the Ducks were common for the for the Predators, and they did. They came, they saw, they conquered. Um, good job, Anaheim. Uh, but now they, they deal with a completely different beast in Carolina. And it feels like if you are making a case for the Ducks at this kind of number, and look, I've... I basically live my betting life betting these kind of teams in these kind of spots. But in this one, it almost feels like you're you're hoping against so much that the goaltending is just a disaster for Carolina. Maybe we see Auntie Ranta because it's a you know a different uh, a, a a spot where you could see him. Uh, they they do I think they do want to work him into uh, some sort of form, and this would be a team to do it. The problem is we just saw the Ducks do that. We just saw the Ducks have Lucas Dostal put up 55 saves against the in a game that they were completely cratered and they lost. So like it, you're you're asking too much here. I do expect this number to to move towards Carolina too, uh, and maybe then it comes interest becomes more interesting because Carolina is does have a habit of um, you know just lighting up the the, the shot board and and not the scoreboard. Uh, but it does feel like you are are really, really reaching for a goaltending uh, calamity here, Nick. If you are betting Anaheim, wait, uh, Leba. By the way, how's that life going? By the, way? the life, you know, the, <laughs> the betting underdog life. I mean, you, I think you you probably if you've been listening to the show, you you know that I am hollow and dead inside. <laughs> so I'm sure you 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 know pretty well. <laughs> That's all I ask. Yeah, I'd be closer to betting the Canes puck line or just the Canes here. I think they deserve to be close. They're minus 340 at the time recording. I think they deserve to be closer to minus 400. They're playing really, really well. We've talked about it. They're scheduling 
for the next two weeks is kind of bizarre as I try to decide if maybe they'd play Ranta here because they play this game, then Saturday, then Monday, then Friday. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd think that Ranta or that Kochikov should get this one because they've been off since Saturday, which is noteworthy. I'm not willing to bet on Ranta. I guess did play pretty well in that game versus the Blues, though. But yeah, I think the Canes are playing as well as any team in the league right now. They're really really just crumpling teams sitting on ideal ideal rest here i can definitely see how uh if anything i think they could be a bigger favorite i wouldn't hate taking a shot on them with the puck line or just using them at minus 340 yeah yuck here's the thing it is yucky. here's the thing we bet anaheim the other night they won and now you just do this hey thank you and they, and they did lose zegris too he'd been playing a lot better I think that was kind of one of the upsides. Drysdale's already, he got moved right before the game. That that scared me a little bit. Um, so yeah, and then Carolina too, you look at the way they're actually scoring now with Svechnikov back in the mix. Power play's looking a little better. Like I just feel like they have more avenues to, you know they're going to outplay the Ducks pretty bad here. I feel like there's more avenues for them to cash in on that. So Canes are nothing. Thank you, Anaheim. See you in uh, two weeks or so when uh, you come across my radar again. Thank you. All right. I will be in the building for this one. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs back to Long Island to take on the beloved Islanders whose season ended again on Tuesday night. Uh, <laughs> Leafs minus 122 on the road. Islanders plus 102 and a total of six. I don't know. You're just going to just gonna bet the Leafs here, Nick, I, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, I hate to have to do this breakdown to you, but... I mean, what have the Islanders done to earn this price? I know that they won this. I know how these games go for you guys. This is like the Super Bowl for the Islanders and all your fans. So I get that. But the Islanders' inability to defend is just getting out of hand. Like, it feels like it's just game after game. It gets worse and worse. And I mean, the obviously, the first and foremost, the most important thing here, the, the Leafs are minus 125 at the time of recording. I don't see how they don't deserve to be a bigger favorite. I think that's a good bet. I think they deserve to be a better, a longer number than this. And you look at the Leafs. I know they've had a really soft schedule, but they're playing way better defensively. And I hate to, you know, put too much stock in Martin Jones versus Sorokin. I think that's scary, obviously. But I, I feel like the Leafs should be able to just generate so many more chances. They're going to expose some of the Islanders' flaws. So, I think they deserve to be a bigger favorite. I think that you could say they could be minus 145, minus 150. And at the time of recording, I definitely think there's value to make a play on this one. And especially like the Leafs defensive play has just trended up so much. And that's like my, I still think their biggest flaw and it's going to be exposed more versus better teams. But yeah, I didn't really get this. I thought that this one should have been a wider number. Yeah, I wrote on our rundown lean Islanders, and it's because I I just want I, I'm spiraling out of control. I I want to fade um <laughs> I want to fade the Leafs from this stupid little California like you know boost that they've gotten the the Kings win for sure that was that was the best one and they deserve all the credit for for totally controlling that game. But uh, I'm just I'm trying to will into existence them having a letdown from that trip because I, you know, great. You beat the California teams. We, but um, the Islanders are just not the team I want 
to make this match happen. So I was hoping maybe Leboff would be, again, idiot. Maybe I thought Leboff would be a little more enthusiastic. Maybe he was going to convince me that, you know, some defenseman that just got called up was going to have three goals. Yeah. And I was Well, Adam Pellick's back, baby. It had a, an absolute horrible turnover in his return game. So but, that's that's good. He'll flush that. But I think yeah. the other thing is the Leafs <laughs> play deserves, like they deserve a little credit here. Even the Carolina game that we were pretty big on, I guess it wasn't a podcast day, but pretty big on baiting them. They played pretty damn well. Really, it just seems like getting Samsonov's garbage starts out of there has let them kind of shine through and their defensive plays picked up a little. So I don't even think you need to power rate the Leafs that high here. Again, sorry, leave off. But, but um, I don't think you need to power rate them that high to think they deserve to be a slightly bigger favorite in this matchup it, the spot will be leafs saturday night against colorado yeah that's true that'll the, be a really uh, interesting game the islander season is following the exact same pattern that it followed last year it's insane to me it's absolutely it, the 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 way we're getting here is different like they have a good power play this year last year their power play was bordering historically bad uh but this year they have a terrible penalty kill and last year they had a good penalty kill um but the defensive play is just so confusingly bad uh that it's driving me insane and, and it does feel like this team swoons uh and then they hit like the, the kind of like the the inflection point of the swoon and that's what wakes them up and this game on on thursday night I, i'll be there too like I, I i don't think john Tavares will be the only one i'll be booing like it could there could be some some islanders that that get the the horrific boo you know that the, 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 the toronto uh, people in Toronto are so afraid of yet, you know, Cutter Gauthier. Well, that's if the you're thing in is Philadelphia just... is you're getting encouraged to throw batteries at him and stuff. So that's okay. But if the Islander fans do it, it's when you cross the line. Well, and more and more, they just proved to be incompetent in the defensive zone. Like I thought it was a decent spot to get on them versus Vancouver. And the Canucks just exposed all those flaws. It feels like a lot of good teams are doing that kind of the consistently to that, them right now. The Knights just lived in the slots. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's bad. So, uh, Anyway. I missed the Islanders of like three weeks ago. Oh, we'll get them as soon. We'll get them soon. They just need to lose seven games in a row or so, and then that and then those Islanders show back up. Trust me. Uh, that's that's how it works here. Uh, Hawks and Jets right now are plus three thirty. Uh, is the price on Chicago, Winnipeg, first place, Winnipeg Jets um, minus four twenty five. Full credit for their win against Columbus. I know that sounds weird, but the spot wasn't great for them, and uh, they survived a little bit. In the first period, I thought there there were a couple of chances for for Columbus to, to nose ahead, but uh, Winnipeg did what it did. That does, and uh, this Jets team is good. Continue to be good. Total of six here. Uh, the Hawks will get a lot more credit uh, for their loss to Edmonton based on the scoreline than I think they deserve. A couple goals called back, a empty net goal that just went begging uh from zach hyman zach hyman could have had a hat trick in that game very easily and it could have been 5-1 and then maybe we're having a different conversation but it was 2-1 that result coming off of the heels of the win against the flames and oh man look at these plucky little blackhawks uh not gonna lay it obviously but no interest in playing it nick yeah i had nothing here i, I don't really want to take on a huge number but i could yeah it's just i didn't really think anything jumped out to me at all Maybe Gabe Filardi hat trick. The yeah, I mean, someone's definitely betting that. The Blackhawks deserve a lot of credit for hanging in with <laughs> Edmonton. Seriously, I, I think they, I think it was, I think they hung in there pretty well. I mean, it's, but I mean, 
how could you have any interest in, in betting this team? I mean, no, not not at all. But and also too, I'm waiting for the bubble to burst on Winnipeg's um, West Coast trip. So, but not quite there yet. We'll, we'll find the spot. We'll find the spot. Uh, all right, Tim, I'll let you drive the bus on this next one because uh, I like this play from you. Uh, Flames in Arizona, Calgary minus 118. The Coyotes are minus 102. Total of six here. I do. I think that number is maybe a little off, but not enough to get there. I, I would play the Coyotes as a slight dog against Calgary. I think it's, it's very close to a coin flip, but I, I would want plus money on it. Um, that kind of leads into what you're uh, going to play here. Yeah, I mean... That we had the we were on the Yotes um against the Bruins on Tuesday night. And I'll tell you what, it was it was cold and windy here in New England watching that game. It was, you know, about below freezing or so. And I gotta watch the Yotes in a in a t-shirt and shorts because they are a freaking sweat, man. God, they are a sweat. So they somehow they get great goaltending and timely saves. And that's why here these two teams. I'm expecting a rock fight um, from the way that they want to play. So I'm going to play a game to go to overtime. Why not? I think that that's, we say that a lot with flames games. And I think we've said that a lot with coyotes games. And now they, they meet their match for what I hope to be a, uh, again, timely saves, low variance, um, hard to score. And we had to overtime two, two going in overtime. Um. I was pissed because I was going to throw the Gunther. I did post it on Sunday to score last night out there. And I hate being the guy to just throw that out there without a price because I just feel like that's kind of idiotic when you're just whatever. But um, I, I keep your eye on his. If it's still like plus 375, he's on the top power play unit and he's just such a pure goal scorer. That, a great shot, yeah. Yeah, that's what he's there to do. So if he's on the top power play unit, he should be priced closer to other pure shooters who are on those units. So keep that in mind i think he's he's definitely an interesting guy to watch right now for a yotes team that needs all the goal scoring upside they can possibly get right now the uh the flames have not gone to extra time in um about three and a half weeks or so so i mean that is way too long of a streak for them <laughs> that is that's not their mo boys yeah we've been playing extra time. yesterday but during the sense didn't even let it get close to that they choked it way too hard uh, okay, uh, we'll finish uh, this segment before we get to our best bets with Tim's Bruins, uh, minus 120 in Vegas, even money, home favorite, are, not home underdog, are the Knights. Total of six here. Uh, I like Boston in this spot. Uh, I think that they are deserving favorites, even on the road, even in this spot, even on traveling. Feels like the Bruins have been on the road for about six weeks now. Um, I, I, I just rate this team as a... Uh, a little bit ahead of, of Vegas and like these, these two teams are both going to play well at five on five. I know Boston's numbers have taken a, 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 uh, a dip, but when you're look at the, the margins that you're going to need to win on and what you expect to be closer to a, uh, a coin flip, I think Boston is just well set up to do it. I know that, uh, Omar got hurt the other night, but Swayman has been great. Uh, you could still, I know the power play is taking a step back, but you could still kind of rely on them to, to win those kind of battles here. So, uh, yeah, it's Boston for me. I think it's pretty simple, just a, a, a little bit of a, a better team and a deserving favorite here. Not not too much more room for this one. I think minus 120 is a decent cutoff here, Nick. Well, just yeah, quickly, Nick, before you go, um, they lose Carlo, Poitra, and 
Allmark in the span of 100 minutes, which is tough in the middle of a road trip. Yeah, yeah, that does suck. But I mean, the Allmark one doesn't have right. relevancy. Right. Like from Burns' perspective, I see what you're saying, but they're going to have Swayman for this game, which is the beauty of having two goalies that damn good. So, and I know Carlos really important to them and he's useful but still you look at the night side of things they're depleted and uh logan thompson's out with illness tonight which becomes really relevant if he doesn't play tomorrow because aiden hill's back he's going to play tonight so right um but i i can't imagine they bring him back and uh go back to back with him that would seem a little illogical when you're uh the knights probably don't care where you see that much anyways um they got a couple other demon out Theodore's still out. Carlson's out. So their injury situation is not good. And I don't envision this as the kind of spot they want to fight through too much. Got the big game tonight in Colorado. Um, so yeah, I like the spot as a good time to get on the Bruins. I think they deserve to be a bigger favorite. And I think everything that Boston does well in this matchup, they're really going to make the Knights earn it. They still play so structured. They play so soundly on those avenues. The Knights really haven't done that lately. So I think with the goaltending advantage, it, it feels like a good spot to target the uh, the Bruins on the road. And same kind of thing we keep talking about. It's paid off that trip. It's basically the same trip from a night game in Colorado to uh, games in Arizona or Vegas. It's it, the schedule of makers keep putting it on there. And it is one of the tougher ones typically are getting in pretty damn late. So I think more than normal, it's a bad scheduling spot. So yeah, I like it. I think, I think the Bruins should be a bigger favorite here. Yeah. That schedule spot scares me. Yep. Um, that's, it's been that's, working for us. We've been, yeah, We've been riding fading teams that are in this little. I mean, it's again, Vegas is pretty much Arizona. So, same point. And I just think, yeah, the, the Bruins have exactly the right kind of game plan to make this uh, spot work in their favor. Yeah. They've, I've, I appreciated your guys' discussion on it because I, I really kind of lean Vegas here. Maybe just some reading into the injuries a little more, but I just think it's tough to just lose bodies when you're on the road, you know, and they, those two games, Colorado and Arizona that they just played, they ain't, those weren't easy. Like they really had to work in those games. They both went to extra time and, you know, Vegas, I think makes you earn it as well. So I, I would just be up late watching that game and wouldn't be surprised if I throw a, a live wager at a, uh, you know, 10 30 ish in uh, Eastern time here. Okay. Best bets time. Uh, to take us out for another week here. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. Uh, we'll start with the Oilers and Wings. Nick, your your favorite bet is in this one. Edmonton's minus 155 on the road. Detroit plus 130. Total six and a half. I don't think the Oilers have lost since they played the Islanders back when. Tim, you're talking about those Islanders of three weeks ago. That's, That's the what team. I'm saying. That's the team we were talking about. Where uh, the hell are they? Like I said, just wait wait until they, they lose. They're playing in Nashville on Saturday. I think after that, the, those Islanders will show up. They're they're 0-7-2 in their last nine against Nashville, by the way. Um, all right, Nick. Enough about Predators and Islanders. What about Wings and Oilers? Yeah, let's. so hopefully this number holds up because I think this one, I was really surprised at how, and that sounds surprising because it is minus 155 at the time of recording. But I think anything better than minus 165 is a really good number on the Oilers. They've been playing so well. We've been talking about it a lot, the way they're just absolutely dominating teams. They're pretty much at the top of chances generated and giving up the least quality in front of their own goal, which has really helped Skinner stabilize. Bit of a fear here that they won't ride Skinner, so keep that in mind as well, that you're, you need a better number if Skinner doesn't play. But you look at the way the Wings have defended 
the last stretch. It hasn't been great. They've taken a drop off. They've stabilized a little bit now with the bodies back in the lineup. Um, but I just I have the Oilers power rated really high, and I think they deserve to be a bigger favorite here. So hopefully the number holds up because I feel like the Oilers have been taking a lot of uh, bigger money. I'm sure like I think it's just it's kind of coinciding. They're on a big win streak, and their underlying results are really good. And I think some of those spots have been almost priced too closely at open. So I think it's one of those things they're getting money from all types of betters. Um, so hopefully this number holds up. I think it's a good bet. They can expose the Wings' defensive flaws for sure. And as long as Skinner's in there, I think uh, we're happy to take our chances. And really, it's crazy that that Chicago game, we talked about no letdowns. That probably was their worst game recently. Um, still seemed like it was probably lucky to only be 2-1 at the end of the day. But uh, yeah, they're really, really thriving right now. And, and everything under the hood looks great, which isn't surprising. Everyone picked this team to be their cup winner in the summer. And then now they're uh, they're just really moving play in the right direction and and yeah i think it's a good time to keep riding with them yeah i think that's right yeah in real time here um when this line came out on wednesday afternoon i was hoping to get a long number on detroit and then it came out like you know edmonton edmonton looked pretty short and so i initially was just like ah i didn't get i didn't get the red wings in a long enough spot and i kind of skipped over it and then nick you tracked oilers and i kind of was like oh you know, maybe if I thought the line was short on one end, I should bet it. So that was, that was kind of like, um, I totally switched my assumptions there. Cause I really thought I was going to get like a, a plus 175 or something on the wings, just cause the Oilers have been playing so damn well. And, you know, so I'm, I'm happy to take advantage of at least when it opened, um, the shorter number on, on Edmonton here, they, I mean, what can you say? They've, they've, they've really, really turned it around and it's fun. It's so ridiculous to think about how bad they were to start the year. Well, and that's the crazy thing is, though, they were really, and I loved, I think I, did I mention this on the pod that Knobloch himself understood this and put this out there that he thought anyone could have taken over the team and they were about to start ripping. Yeah. And yeah. I do think he's made some good fundamental changes, uh, the penalty kill, uh, some of the personnel usage, but like this was a team that was just running so bad at the start of the year. And when you, that we always point it out because it's just so prominent. You can't get by with the worst goaltending in the league. You just can't. And you look at the teams that have had that and now gotten stable goaltending, like Carolina, the Oilers, they're winning every game now. And then you look at some of the teams like Ottawa, who just <laughs> can't fight through it at all. So it is, I think, as much of a game changer as everyone uh, talks it up to be. Also, my my favorite player in the NHL is Vinny Dayarnay. I just cannot get enough. He's this playing legitimately yeah. much better too. So I, I think you could, you know, give some credit to the coaching staff there because it seems like his decision making's got a, gotten a lot better compared to last season. Glass and out, baby. Glass and out. Love it. Yeah, glass and then not the reverse hit. He likes that's that's his that's his mo. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, my favorite bet. We talked about it a bunch already, so I'll keep it short. It's just I like the Lightning uh, as a favorite against the Devils. Uh, I think that the, the Devils' injuries situation plus the goaltending is um, gonna keep them, you know, in, in in the bad place for a bit. And as we talked about, and and Nick alluded to, we talked about it yesterday. There is gonna be a time where uh, we're gonna have a serious discussion about is it time to back the Devils and not just like game by game, but uh, in bigger picture bets as well. Um, Jack Hughes week to week is the prognosis there. So lightning for me as my best bet. And Tim, you can take us home. Kraken, Caps, Knicks, 
huge game Stanley Cup preview perhaps. Uh, uh cracking. Uh, uh, this is a pickup, straight pickup, and cherry on top. The rare five and a half total here right now. Boy, oh boy, this this one. I mean, should we just rewind? Should we put this game on a VCR? And rewind it back to like 1997. Let these two teams play with the old rules, clutch and grab, and then see see how this thing goes. I I, I would hope so. And you know, first off, being on an island um, with the Devils there uh, between you guys is uh, I'm absolutely terrified. Um, and so you're due, Timmy. I'm yeah. scared. So, Can't lose so every scary, single one. Scary on the other side. Um. So here we go. Caps. Caps cracking. Leave off. You said it. It's basically pick the winner. Just pick the winner. And I'm going with the Capitals. This Seattle run has been incredible, but I think it ends on on Thursday night. Washington, they've been surprisingly, you know, okay, Nick. They've, you know, you made you made mention of it that, you know, it was what early there was that tipping point early on where they just got faster. They got guys that, you know, to play more minutes that should be playing more minutes. And I'm just ready to fade Seattle. Like, and if that's a, a bad reason, then so be it. But I think that the Capitals and, and the Kraken are in each other's class. They play a similar style. They want to play a similar style, low total in this one. I th- really think it can go either way. And then what really gets me there is just the Capitals being, you know, a, a, good enough match for Seattle and, and being the type of team that, um, you know, I, I just, Seattle can't be on this run. And I'm sorry if that's a bad reason. They, they're ready to lose. No, yeah. I could sell high spot. I think you're right. I've thought the Caps, um, they've been, you know, they played pretty well versus the Kings. They did Caps hockey. They kind of got caved in a little bit at third there, but they're a bit of a bend but don't break team right now. But they could get uh, Lindgren back here. If not, it was always surprising how bad Kemper had played this season. That was one of the bigger, I mean, we talk about how many goalies that are like that, but he was one of the ones that really seemed to not be playing to his potential. I think he's legitimately very good. And I think the caps can use that in their favor. And the Kraken, it, it just does feel like this is the ultimate buy high spot on a team. We've kind of been never, we, we liked them early on. And now I feel like these games haven't been overly impressive. I kind of wanted to fade them out of the night sends games where they Kind of won comfortably, but I thought easily could have had a lot more pucks go in their net. Um, they've been riding to court a lot too. I think that's the other interesting note is do they maybe, I don't know if they'll do it because the winning streak and it feels like one of those things you don't play him and then you lose and you just look like idiots. But I feel like you're probably due to rest him soon. Um, we do see goalies get taxed. I think that's a legitimate thing in this league. And then the other thing with the Caps, too, I wonder if this number moves toward like where we get a better number on Washington if Sandine and Wilson both sit. They're both far more useful than some of the guys I say that are like irrelevant on the Caps roster, where like they sit, but it's like Oshi, who's really like a big name that hasn't actually helped the team at all this year, and they have 10 other replacement guys trying to get in. Um, so I think that's interesting. I wouldn't really want to like I think if you can get a better number because those two are announced out I'd live with it the Caps are still going to have six like full-blown NHL roster defensemen if Sandine sits in the game so don't hate that at all and you know I think Pacioretty could like he's kind of in his first game was hideous so, so throw that out there but I think he has the upside to be like a legitimate scoring threat for the Caps this year which is obviously the number one thing that they're missing 
So yeah, I like it. I think they deserve to be a slight favor. I told you guys earlier in the week, I think it's a, a good spot with the Caps sitting, waiting for this game. Yep. Uh, the ideal amount of rest since Sunday. So they're not even getting dealt I their like home it. ice here. They're not even, you know, they're... the Kraken uh, are I too hot. They, I was just going to say, I think the Kraken are just Kraken are too hot right a little now. higher here. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you guys. I think it's a great uh, buy low, sell high. Washington with two two wins in their last 11 or something like that with a minus 15. Maybe it's not that long, but uh, two in their last eight and uh, minus 15 goal differential in that time. It's just they Oof. they should they should come. They, they're not. I don't think we're saying that this is a, a like a bring it to the barn good team, but uh, they're better than that. And uh, I like they their chances. They played tough here. schedule too. They yep. played dating back to the game on the 23rd versus the Lightning. I guess the Lightning are not technically a playoff team, but they're right there. Been playing all playoff teams since yep. that point, and good playoff teams. Including the Except Islanders. From, I guess the Devils too, but that was when the Devils were healthy, so I still view that. It's been a, a tough schedule. They haven't had spots as easy as the Kraken, so I think that's also hurt their their process numbers and their uh, results, obviously. And when I say that they've been better as of late, I mean against the Kings on Sunday. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's my sample well, size. <laughs> yeah. No, they, but I think they actually have been like because they've been scoring more. Like they've they've just found found a way to score more. And I know that game against the Penguins, they they were lucky to get four. But uh, the first half of this little eight game swoon, they were scoring one or two and whatever. So, and I do think Pacioretty is is exactly what this team needs: just someone who can score like the easy goal. Uh, well, and everyone's asking how they're doing it, and they're not as good as their record. First off, which we've said often, but they are one of the league's absolute best defensive teams, and they have good goaltending. So. No, that doesn't make them a great team, but I think it's very relevant in this spot where that's, you know, some strong arguments for making them a, a slight favorite with a pretty big scheduling advantage in home ice. All right. That does it uh, for this week of line change. Uh, I'm out next week, so you'll be in uh, the trusty hands of Tim and Nick, and then I'll come back and rescue the show in a fortnight uh, after a little vacation, uh, both from work and from the Islanders, hopefully, but. I was just going to say, you're going to watch the Leafs beat them tomorrow, and then you're going to make. I'm going to get, get, get on a plane. They're going to put me on a no-fly list if, after that game. Uh, all right, let's do uh, let's do it. Let's win some some bets on Thursday. You guys can take care of it on uh, next week, uh, and I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.